legs in 100 years. The shit house, if you think we'll be insightful, clever, or just well researched. We're here to say that's not the case. We'll just go out and wing it. We are two guys, one cop. It is a Thursday, April the 1st. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL-adjacent podcast. My name is Will Anderson. And my name is Charlie Clawson. And, Will, I've got to say, I'm into the WWE infiltrating AFL. I love the idea of, like, coaches getting in on the action, a run-in from backstage. It's essentially what it was. Okay, so talk me through what you know. We're talking, of course, of the altercation between Chris Scott and everyone yeah on his own side on the opposition side like when he was being pulled away by his own players yeah. from whatever was going to happen it was all two o'clock in the morning brisbane lions glory days <laughs> they're out in the valley you know they've just been kicked out of fucking ricks or something and they're just in the middle of the fucking valley and chris scott wants to fucking fight anyone who was coming by he's got a kebab in one hand he's got a fucking beer in the other hand and he's ready to fucking go and he doesn't care who he wants he just needs to fight someone he just needs to feel his fists on somebody else's face to feel alive and that's what it felt like in that moment yeah well look i i've listened to a few different versions of events and i don't know what the definitive one it seems to be like anything that was uh speculated to have been said was said <laughs> because i heard chris fagan on the radio where someone um asked him uh something along the lines of did he say you know you're too old or you know something about your hair and he said we're just going to leave it at, you know chris and i are all good we send each other text messages and it's like so hang on, you, you, someone made fun of someone's hair, someone made fun of someone being too old. This is, this is great. Now, my understanding was that Lockie Neal instigated it. He was unhappy with getting punched in the head by Gary Rowan, as you should be. Mm. And as he was So I would up, suggest that you should say that Gary Rowan instigated it because <laughs> I feel like we've got to trace this right back to why Lockie Neal was in a fighting mood. And the reason that Lockie Neal was in a fighting mood was Gary Rowan. Yeah, but clearly he's thought that this has come from the top. He's not going up to Gary Rowan and remonstrating. Mm. I did, by the way, as a little sidebar, love the three weeks. Just as throwing up the three weeks to Gary Rowan as he jogged off, I thought that was pretty cool. Or three Brownlow votes, which is what I got most <laughs> weeks last year. Either yeah. way, he just like had three. Actually, it was two. Turns out Lockie Neal, not as good a judge of the tribunal as he thought he was in that moment. But so... Firstly, he doesn't demonstrate to Gary Rowan. You understand when you have to make a complaint to a business, it's not the person at reception who needs to receive that complaint. Mm. If somebody at reception has been rude to you, then what you need to do in that situation is you need to go over their head. You need to take this to the top. What Lockie Neal was doing was going full Karen yep. in this situation. Yep. He got out his sovereign citizen papers <laughs> and he started making demands. He said, I've got to see the fucking manager of this team. Who is it? That old guy? Yeah, all right. Well, you know what? I uh, take a different route. I reckon Gary Rowan squealed. I reckon after he threw up the, the three fingers, Gary Rowan mm. panicked and said, Dobbed. I didn't want to do it. It was, you know what it was? It's the scene in The Karate Kid where mm. Kreese tells... Bobby to sweep the leg and he doesn't want to do it. And so he has to go out and do it. And so then when, when he gets the three weeks, he's like, Oh, you know, Chris, Chris, Chris told me to do it. So that's why I reckon Lockie went. Oh, he's saying okay. like, so it's one of those situations pigeon. where, so you're saying, okay, now I get this. So Co Cobra Kai style. Yeah. Like Chris Scott is the person who's like looking at his board of whiteboards yep. and he's just like fucking Gary Rowan. 
He promises so much. He's got so much upside, but he's constantly fucking well, doing like ridiculous things. Maybe, maybe I can use may- his power to do ridiculous things in our favor. Maybe that's what the three fingers was. Maybe Lockie Neal was saying, that's how many quarters you go missing for every match. <laughs> how many possessions you get in like every third game. <laughs> three. Maybe he was giving him the finger, but in brackets. Maybe oh, yeah. that's what offended Gary Rowan. He was like, it was clearly the finger disguised between two other fingers. No, I reckon it was definitely a premeditated, like, let's get physical with Lockie Neal. I reckon Lockie put two and two together. And By the way, what right. a great YouTube series that would have been in lockdown. Let's get physical with Lockie Neal. <laughs> Every morning you can get up, do a series of exercises with the reigning Brownlow medalist. What do you know about Lockie Neal? For a reigning Brownlow medalist, I put him up there with like a Matt Prittis in terms of, I couldn't even really tell you what kind of footballer he is. Is he an accumulator? Is he like highly skilled? What's his defining characteristic? I think he's both of those things. They they would be. Oh, I've muted myself. Hang on. All right. Sorry. I don't don't know how I did that. I was Googling uh, Lockie Neal to see if we could find a uh, pocket profile to find out some more stuff about Lockie Neal. So I will just have a little look here and see what we can find. Um, all right, Lockie Neal. Oh, I don't think there is a pocket profile, unfortunately, of Lockie Neal, but let's have a look at if we can find some information. Well, I'm, I'm just keen to get your impression of him, though. Mm. Like, when did he first come onto your radar? What What do you think of him as a player? Like, how, how would you describe Lockie Neal to someone? Uh, yeah, well, he's an accumulator. He gets a lot of the fucking football. Like, maybe he doesn't damage you quite as much as some other players in the competition, but he just gets it. A lot, and he's super consistent. So he's like a Tom Mitchell type, would you say? Yeah, I think he's got it. He's probably a little classier than Tom Mitchell, and right. that's no disrespect to Tom Mitchell, who is actually a much classier player than people give him credit for. I think, but yeah, in that zone, who's the least classy midfielder? <laughs> ben Cunnington, and he would be fucking proud of that fact. 100%. Doesn't even know which forks to use. Doesn't use forks when he eats. Eats with his fucking hands, like a man does. Uh, so you must be pretty stoked about that Eagles game. Uh, exciting to watch as a neutral observer. And the dogs did what they had to do at the ultimate moment. Well, so I only watched one game of football on the weekend. Uh, so we're back to, you know, usual two guys, one cup territory. <laughs> so I only watched one game of football on the weekend. And I'm even overstating when I say I entirely watched one game of football because what I did and I was glad to hear on a Monday morning on Jared Waitley's show that I was not alone in this. I watched the first three quarters of that game and then was so fucking tense and nervous about the fact that we were about to lose it that I just went, you know what? I'm going to fucking let it happen. I'm not going to have the radio on. I'm going to go out. I'm going to clean the pool. I'm going to sweep up the leaves. I'm just going to fucking wait for 30 minutes and I'm going to let this thing be fucking over and then I'm going to go back and check what the fucking score is and I'm going to watch that final quarter in peace. Now, as it turns out, it was incredible and I imagine that I robbed myself of something by not watching it live, but here's what I'll also say. I think the reason that they won was because I decided to, to clean the pool. <laughs> I, you're 100% correct. Well, you are not alone. I can't. I, I wonder if I have gotten softer as a football supporter as I've gotten older because I cannot bear to watch a game in real time. Like I even will start deliberately delay my start by about half an hour so I can fast forward every time the opposition has the ball. <laughs> 
<laughs> like, I honestly don't care. I don't want to see the opposition. I have no interest in the kind of, you know, uh, 4D chess that's going on between the two coaches. I just want to see my team, team kick goals. Well, see, and you can do this now. Yeah. And I understand exactly what you're saying because I rewatched the, like, the final quarter on KO. And KO have this thing where they will highlight down the bottom on the bar where the goals and behinds are in the quarter. So you can literally fast forward through a whole bunch to see where the goals are or if there are goals coming up. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's makes me think it's the same um, way my brain has melted with streaming services where, you, you know, you'll watch something for 20 minutes, but you can't, you can't sit with anything that's slightly uncomfortable. If you're not enjoying it, you're slightly bored or whatever, you'll switch around. And that's my attitude towards football. And I also think it's a, it's a, the not being able to go to the football last year and actually experience it. Like I'm becoming more and more kind of like isolated in my football viewing. Like I actually wonder if I could even like to see that game, that Bulldogs game live. Do you reckon you would have had a heart attack in the last quarter? Absolutely. I think that was the best. I mean, it was the best game the Bulldogs have played, I think, since the 2016 grand final. Mm. I thought they were, I thought they were okay the week before. But I, I think West Coast are great. And West Coast are not just great, but West Coast are the team that probably expose all our biggest problems the most. Mm. We're still undersized in the ruck. We're massively undersized down back. And like West Coast are a team that absolutely exploits those deficiencies. So, so to see a team that could so ruthlessly exploit what it is that we do badly and what we do good be enough to still beat that team was very exciting because, you know, you look at all the the problems with your team, all the holes that you have, all the ways that your team could be no good. Mm. And what I saw was, fuck, our upside is so good that it can kind of cover over the fact that we have this, like, you know, massive downside as well. I think we talked about it last week, is your midfield is so talented that it really does – account for a lot of other deficiencies because when you have midfielders who can kick goals, particularly mm. when your best player has the size of a key position player anyway, it's like you've got two players in one. It's it's awesome to watch. Yeah, Bevo's plan is essentially when the opposition can get the ball, we're fucked. Like if at any stage the opposition actually get the ball and they kick it over our head, mm. we are fucked. You can basically write down a goal. So our new plan is never let them touch the ball. We've got like eight of the best midfielders. Guys, just keep giving it to each other until we can find a way to kick a point because that is also the Bulldogs approach. Are you on the Swans bandwagon now? I, I didn't I've, – I've only heard reports of the game because I didn't see the game. I, I think I'll need to see it to believe it, you know, would, to be as convinced as everybody else is. I was mocking the hysteria around the Swans last week and then I watched the game. It's like, oh, no, they are quite good. <laughs> it, it, it is. I mean, I joked. I even made fun of the idea that John Longmire was playing the long game, no pun intended, and, you know, took a year to just blood all these kids. That's exactly what he's done, and they're really good. Like, they're – skills they're very similar to port adelaide actually they're like port adelaide structurally but also in the way they play and then to sort of see buddy out there just being like the third or fourth kind of forward you rely on like that's pretty amazing to have like it's like when i guess when ablett went to, back to geelong it's like well he can be our forward pocket it's like yeah just have buddy in your forward pocket 
You know what the exciting thing I think is for Sydney is I heard during the week that at some stage because they were trying because there's so many academy players, right? Mm. So this is not a one-year rebuild. This is a 10-year rebuild. This is Sydney putting money into their academy, identifying players, putting them through their system, locking them into their system. And you, you can see they've got literally a handful of academy players who are absolute either – already are absolute guns of the competition or are going to be the next generation of absolute guns of the competition mm. to the point where I, there was negotiations around the draft and Sydney at one stage just said, well, we'll just pull out of the draft. We'll <laughs> just keep the academy and and we're happy with that. And I'm just like, the fucking balls on you. Like maybe they could, don't call you a horse because of the size of your penis. Maybe it's because of the size of your balls, John Longmire. I think it's actually – there is a danger uh, – in the wider football public for there to be backlash against Sydney in the same way that Hawthorne has backlash in the same way that Richmond has backlash in the sense that they haven't really bottomed out enough. Like we were expecting them to be much worse and now potentially they could be back and playing finals. And it's like, I don't know. I think about Sydney now. I used to be like, you know, not a second favorite team, but one of my favorite teams. But now I'm like, I don't know. I think these are kind of elitist dudes. I, I don't know if they have the no dickhead policy rule in place anymore i think it's now they more have that kind of straddy school prefect vibe going on yeah they're like we're the new sydney swans well our dickhead policy has been relaxed <laughs> we're not saying you need to be a dickhead to play for the team all we're saying is that we've found a way to put up with a few dickheads well maybe it's not dickhead so much that's probably the wrong term but you just get the sense that i don't know it's almost like what gws worth two years ago just that that sort of cockiness and that confidence and it's their supporters more than the team actually now that i think about it to see the swan supporters up and about on social media makes me a bit sick you know what my attitude is i think for the state of the national competition it's always fine for every state that is in victoria to have one team in the finals okay. but i get offended when there's more than one team yeah. so like sydney can be good if gws are going to be shit and I'm fine with like Port Adelaide being good when Adelaide is shit. West Coast can be good when Fremantle is shit. Brisbane can be good when Gold Coast is shit. But as soon as we suddenly got two Brisbane teams in the finals, like two Queensland teams in the finals, nah, it's all out of balance. I think that's a great idea. That's that's true. You've actually made me feel a lot better about it mm. because it's like, yeah, we want the, the game to grow nationally and to stay on the front page of the Daily Telegraph. So Swans can be good, Giants can be shit. And the good news is the Giants are shit. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it's just because I've been watching Making Their Mark, but to see that is, it's a really, really hard slog if you're a giant supporter to watch that, just to see how scarred they were last season, you know, just from the grand final. And then Steve Canelio is such a lovely, like nice young man. And to see, because they focus mainly on his story, what he goes through and Leon Cameron, like, emitting him they, like the captain of the side and what that does to him and then to see how they started this year it's like oh this is almost like a great sequel to making their mark like it's sort of like you have to watch the prequel to then get into the the, the storyline of this season right to see how it's got so bad like if you just yeah. walked into it now you're just like i don't really understand how this got don't so they bad, have the but... best players all the high draft picks but then when you see what was going on behind the scenes it's like yeah the leadership is a bit uh i don't know it's not the best i don't think well, they got a new driver for the Ferrari and it turns out that the new driver, you know, despite how nice the new driver was, um, you know, couldn't handle the Ferrari by himself. And then the fucking mechanic 
Leon Cameron is tinkering around underneath it every fucking weekend, swearing his head off. Oh my god, <laughs> he swears can't, can't so stop, much. Can't stop these leaks. I mean, look, we swear on this show, but even I was like, Leon, give it a rest, mate. Like, I think they lose their power whenever everything's fucking. Like, it's he's the kind of Aussie swearing where. He doesn't need to swear. He's using it instead of an arm. Like, he's not even angry. He's like, uh, can you just pass a fucking milk? <laughs> like, it's that kind of, like, just unconscious, just swearing all the time. There's a fucking big fucking sound from the fucking end of town. End of town. And they call it the fucking, fucking GWS fucking Giants. That's how Ad we sing the song. Adam Simpson uses his swears real good. Like, mm. you see him, you know, he'll just, when he, when he wants to rev them up, like, there's a great bit where he's like, you know, I don't know that you guys. I see a bit of this myself. Maybe I see a bit of you. It's a bit of a, a fuck you to them. And I'm like, oh, Adam Simpson's dropped the fuck you. That's how you get him on site. It's like when your teacher swears. Like, oh, he Ooh. means business. Uh, and then the coach who doesn't swear is Stewie Jew. Stewie Jew comes out of this documentary series. So goddamn lovable. Like, I am now, you know, rooting for GWS just because I want Stewie Jew to do well. What is it about Stewie Jew that's so appealing? He just he he understands exactly where the team's at and like when he talks to the players and when he talks to the administration he's like look we've got a bunch of really good players but this takes time you know we've been around we had a, a false start you know we're restarting this club and he seems like the kind of guy that if you ever played junior footy you always saw this kind of dude at the club you know he's always the first guy bringing the bag of balls out you know he's like putting the pies in the pie warmer he feels just like <laughs> One uh, for them, one for me. <laughs> he just feels like a genuine kind of salt of the earth kind of good guy. And he doesn't, he loses it at one point. But he does this thing that is so funny where uh, Matt Rowell, they want to keep his spirits up. And so the fitness and conditioning coach devises this stationary bike ride. You know how they do that virtual reality thing where you ride your bike and you can do like the Tour de France and stuff. So they do this thing where they're going to ride the incline of Everest. So the, you know, the, the bikes are simulated to, you know, do the, the climb. It's going to be a 16 hour ride. And so <laughs> we should do something to lift his spirits. The idea of how you lift Matt Rowell's spirits and you lift my spirits are very different <laughs> ideas. Like I'm already not doing the thing that I love the most in the entire world. You know what will take his mind off this? If he rides his bike up Mount fucking Everest. <laughs> so it's a 16 hour ride. Like it's mm. a continuous ride. You have breaks in between, but essentially you don't, you don't but stop you get, you get hours. a footy every hour, Matt. <laughs> every hour you do, you get a footy. So Stewie Jew and then a son of solidarity gets to the gym at 2am. Cause he's mm. like, I'm going to need a bit of a head start. So he starts pedaling at 2am. The other guys rock up at 6am, start their ride. Stewie Jew rides Everest. <laughs> like it takes him something like 20 hours. And this is it mid season. Like when he's still got other shit, he has to do like coaching and stuff, but he's on the bike and I'm like, Oh, this dude's going to have a heart attack. There's no way he's going to be able to pedal. No, he does it. He rides the whole time. I mean, Matt Rao gets on and like, you would imagine just like the Terminator just drills his way up Everest and fucking like smashes all the records and stuff like that. Yeah. Stewie Jew's like one of those dead bodies they find on Mount Everest <laughs> that you have to climb over to get to the top. There's another bit too, which just sort of, I put it on Twitter because it just tickled me so much where they're walking to the beach for recovery and one of the players has his beanie sitting like high on top of his head. And he's like, uh, hey, Benny, Benny, have you ever heard of East 17? <laughs> this kid's like, oh yeah, I think I have. And he's like, you know that song, It's All Right? And he's like, oh yeah, <laughs> I think I know it. And he's like, yeah, yeah, they used to wear their, their beanies like that. The guy's name was Brian, I think. He's bankrupt now. Yeah, how about that? <laughs> 
just like Stewie Chew has a detailed knowledge of 90s boy band E17. <laughs> so I mean, and the irony was that everything wasn't all right for E17. No. Uh, Will, I've got a pocket profile. Um, I thought, you know, this is one of our most beloved segments. This was actually sent in by someone, but it's a pocket profile of one of the AFL's most popular players, Anthony McDonald Tipamorty. Now, uh, you asked the questions last time. I will ask the questions, questions for okay. you. The first one is a bit of a gimme. Nickname. And it's his uh, actual nickname, not the one that we've, most people have given him. Walla. Correct. As a kid, what did you want to be? As a Matt, kid? Matt Rowell probably would give the same answer. Uh, an AFL footballer. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> best player you have played with? Uh, play Same team? Same team. Yeah, okay. Best player. Uh, um, so current day player. Mm, not current day. Oh, okay. So, but that he's played Recently with Recently retired. Okay. So. Um, in the last Job Watson. Job Watson. And why is Job the best player? Drugs. <laughs> yeah, amazing. If that's what he said. Best player you played with, Job Watson. Really Don't know if you've heard about it, but a there was this offside drug program that we were running at the club. Uh, well, he works really hard on He works really hard, field. yep. Uh, who is your most admired opponent? Uh, this guy has been retired for a long time now. I'm actually surprised they actually crossed over. Um, one of the game's most decorated players of the last 20 years. Oh, has done okay. it, done it all and some things twice. Um, so has he won a Brownlow medal twice? Chris Judd. Chris Judd. Uh, and why is he his most admired opponent? Uh, Rebecca Drugs. Judd. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, he's a very smart player and yes. just like Job, works very hard. Who's his all-time favourite player? This dude uh, is also a Brownlow medalist, uh, probably finished up in the late 90s. Similar mm. build to Waller. Similar build. Uh, Mark Rusciuto. No. Finished up uh, in the Andrew 90s. McLeod. Oh, no, he didn't win at Brownlow. Um, sorry, finished when, did you say? What was the Finished clue? up in the 90s, I would imagine. Premiership oh, okay. player, played for... Played for three clubs, but mostly known for playing for two clubs. Was a very good player at his first club and then went to a big Greg club. Greg Williams. Greg Diesel Williams. And there's a bit of similarity, right? Maybe Diesel didn't have his explosive pace, but same kind of smart, skillful, nuggety little player, right? I would have loved to see Greg Diesel Williams rocking uh, Anthony McDonald Tip and Woody's haircut. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Something tells me that's low cultural appropriation or something. You wouldn't get away with that, right? I think if Greg Williams had gone out with that sort of hair in the era that he played, no one would have said no, anything. No. He would have punched him in the face. Who's the first player you would choose in a fantasy football game? So a player from any era. Cyril Rioli. No, has been named previously. Uh, Chris Judd. If you could ask someone to be your mentor, who would it be? One of the most famous athletes in the world. Uh, what is he like? Basketball? I'm going to say that he likes basketball. Am I in the right area? You are. Um, yeah, but probably the greatest of all time. Uh, Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. That, that was too much of a clue. Luke Longley. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Phil Smythe. <laughs> Preferred time slot for the grand final. Is he a day man or a night man? 
He's a nighttime operator, Anthony McDonald Tip and Woody. Daytime. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Who would you I like mean, it's to not s- really something that he's going to have to worry about either way, is it? Playing at Essendon. <laughs> <laughs> Who would you like to see as the halftime entertainment? Oh, God, I better Google this is. While you guess, it's, um, I'm assuming it's a band. Okay. Um, uh, two, two words, both begin with the same letter. Okay, Camp Cove. No. Um, oh, okay, it, Indigenous artist. Oh, uh, Baker Boy. Baker Boy, correct. I don't know who Baker Boy is. Baker Boy is an incredible Indigenous artist. Favourite AFLW player. Oh, I'd say this would be a popular choice. Erin Phillips. Erin Phillips. You're doing pretty well. You and Walla, I think you'd get on well if you hung out. Or maybe you'd be a creepy Stan. I um, hung out with Erin Phillips the other day, actually, when I was in Adelaide. I went in and did the radio show that she does in the morning. She is one of the most impressive people you'll ever meet in your entire life. They have, she does the show with um, Soda. Do you know Soda? Uh, so you'd you will have seen him on telecasts of Adelaide games. He sort of does the boundary rider. He's the local Adelaide celebrity, you know, who's sort of the person they use for the Channel 7 coverage. And My name's Mark Soderstrom or something like that, but he goes by Soda. His name is not Mark Soderstrom. Soderstrom, yes. His name is Mark Soderstrom of the Soderstrom Empire. (laughs) His family actually invented the Soderstrom. But they have a a radio show together and um, she was... Uh, an absolute fucking delight. Super funny, super intelligent, just an incredible footballer. I mean, she's again, a winner. She just carries herself like a winner. She like whatever she applies herself to, she wins. I'd be interested to know what she's shit at. That would be the question <laughs> I would like to ask her next time. Just what are you shit at? Because I can't imagine what it is. If he wasn't a footballer, what would he like to be? A basketballer. No, just a, this is a regular job. It's a public uh, service job. Oh, he wants to work in the public service. Okay. I like, think it's a public service job. Yeah. That's like, you know, it's, it's like a... Like a gardener or a greenskeeper or something no, outdoors? Like, no, oh, that may be the public service in the right term. Um, it's a uh, emergency services. Oh, okay. So like a ambulance or firefighter, something like that. Yeah. Um, EMT, something in that area. No, he'd like to be a copper. Oh. Oop, oop. It's the sound of the police. Oop, wow. Oop. Okay, interesting. Did not see that coming. What makes you laugh? And if you get this. Carl Barron. (laughs) Carl Barron and Peter Hellier and definitely not Will Anderson. No, it's a a film, but it's a film that I'm sure did well. Schindler's List. (laughs) It's a children's uh, film based on a children's book uh, that in a million years... I would never see or want to see. Uh, the books are very famous. The author of the books are very famous. And the star of the film is, uh, you know, one of the most famous kind of movie comedians ever. Uh, the Grinch made... that stole Christmas. That's exactly what it is. How did you know that? Is well, from clues? your clues. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Only from your clues. Um, describe yourself in one word. And this is a bit of a, this is a, this is good. This is a wink to the camera. Oh, okay. Um, uh, okay. So describe yourself in one word. Um, give me a clue. Um, it's a cheeky answer. Oh, okay. Um, one word. Um, word? No. Um, Let's <laughs> too cheeky. <laughs> no. Um, 
it's uh, human. No, that's too deep. Much more okay. fun. Much more fun, and or you could say it would be flirty. If this was like a speed date, it's a flirty kind of answer. Describe oh. yourself in one word, Will. Uh, quick. No, that's not very flirty. <laughs> horny. <laughs> Real horny. Flirting. Flirt with me, Will. Describe yourself in one word. Um, funny. Yeah, you would say that. No, he says handsome. I'm handsome. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I should have said, I how would, would never, Muhammad would, Ali describe you, himself? You, oh, you just sort of said, how would you describe yourself? <laughs> handsome. I am not handsome. I'm funny. <laughs> what did you learn about yourself during the COVID lockdown? Uh, that mm. This is probably, I would say, a lot of people uh, would say this. That and particularly he, for someone from his community. Oh, okay. Um... Patty Wright has just taken some time off for the same reason. Uh, mental health, awareness around mental health. Well, can't go for too long without seeing family. Okay, yep. Uh, biggest thing you've missed during Hub Life? Um, seeing my family. It have to be family, right? Like you can't give that first <laughs> answer, then say my Xbox. Well, what's your favourite movie? Uh, Fast and the Furious, because it's about family. <laughs> what's your most favourite cult? The family. What's the most enjoyable thing about Hub Life? Um, uh, kind of things that you would do on a holiday. Uh, sleep? No. Uh, like watch, a, a, watching like Netflix? A, more of a kind of active holiday. Oh, um, Think of a holiday that you would never have. Okay, camping. <laughs> Canoeing. Go, going sightseeing and fishing. Oh, my God. That's boring. <laughs> what is the least enjoyable thing about Hub Life? And it's not family. Um, the least enjoyable thing is... It's a gen real generic answer. The it's food. It's not, not doing... Uh, not going outside. Not, not doing normal things. Okay. Uh, who's his funniest teammate during Hub? Oh, okay. Who is his funniest teammate? Is this someone that I would know? Yes. He, uh, he, he only played a couple of games last year. Made a real impact, especially in the, uh, I think it was the Indigenous round. Uh... Uh, uh, and his Irving name, Mosquito. Yeah, I was going to say, and his name is funny. So <laughs> it makes sense. Uh, first place you want to visit after restrictions are lifted. Uh, home to travel, see the uh, family. Inter international. Oh, this international is, travel. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, this actually makes sense when you think about it. Okay. All right. Well, if you think about it, this is where he wants to go. Um, yeah, if you think about his name. Yeah. Where internationally would he be inclined to go? The Tiwi Islands. Mm, think about the, the other half of his surname. Um, no, McDonald's, Scotland. McDonald's. <laughs> he wants to go Island. to McDonald's. <laughs> Ireland. It's McDonald, not McDonald's. So I think that makes it Irish. <laughs> uh, Favourite sporting event you would like to attend? This is probably the most common. Or not the sporting event. Like, a, what, what sporting code would he like to be at? Oh, the, the, the NBA, basketball. NBA, of course. What's the last TV series he binged? Oh, okay, good. Um, this, so he's interested in like outdoors and fishing. Is it some sort yeah, of... Yeah, this, no, this is, a, this, is a, this is a period drama. Oh, a period... With action. With action. A period drama with action. Um, Based on fact. Oh, okay. Um, Starring no, an Australian, I believe. Oh, no, I'm not sure. What is it? Vikings. Oh, okay. Yeah, Travis Fimmel used to play footy, in fact. Did he really? Yeah, played at least VFA, VFL sort of level, I believe. 
Aaron Phillips and Travis Fimmel, I mean, mm. go get stuffed. Like, yeah. good looking, <laughs> you're tall, you excelled in one industry. It's like he played football and he modeled, now he's a bloody movie star, TV star. Go to hell, you guys. <laughs> We're making a list. And at top of it are Travis Fimmel and Aaron Phillips. <laughs> Who's the most famous person he's met? And it makes sense because this person is a Bombers supporter. Uh, if you take all his other interests mm-hmm. and add a Bombers, a famous Bombers supporter, you'll probably hone in on this. Uh, Andrew Bogut. Mm, close. Spent some time in Australia last year. Didn't have the best time. Uh, spent some time in Australia last year and last didn't year have or the, the year best. Before? The last time he was in Australia, he, he didn't have a great time. The paparazzi hounded him and... Oh, um, oh, no, don't know. Uh, ben, ben Simmons. Simmons. Oh, ben Simmons. Ben Simmons. Oh, yes. Who are three famous people you'd like to meet? LeBron James. No. <laughs> no. LeBron doesn't get a mention. But in the same vein, someone he's already mentioned. Uh, Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. The second one is a... Pop star with an Australian connection? American um, pop star with an Australian connection. With an Australian connection. Um, collaborated with an Australian, maybe? Or, no. Well, I mean, I'm sure they oh, collaborated. Ed Sheeran? <laughs> no, Miley Cyrus. <laughs> I'm sure she and Liam collaborated their brains out, if you know what I'm talking about. Okay, yep. No, Miley Cyrus. That does make sense. Okay. So now, this is an interesting dinner already. Michael Jordan and Miley Cyrus. Who else? And Well, this is... This is a good for me for a real loop because this is either a band or an individual because the band's name is also an individual. Franz Ferdinand. No. <laughs> I wanted to ask how the war actually started. It's um, not actually someone's name. It's more a title. Oh, okay. Um, uh, oh, no. St. Vincent. No. Um <laughs> Lord Fascinator, no. Think of a deck of cards. Sir Mix-a-Lot, no. Um, <laughs> what are the picture cards in a deck of cards? A prince. Jack King, Martin Luther King. Uh, <laughs> King, King Crimson. King, uh, King, Gizzard, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizards. B.B. King. It's Queen. It's Queen. He says Queen. queen. I don't know if it's the Queen or Queen. Okay, um, But if it is Queen, does he know that? The remaining members of Queen, anymore? Adam Lambert and Brian May. That's who I want I to mean, met. how disappointed would Walla be if he thinks he's getting Freddie Mercury there? He's seen the movie, doesn't realise that Freddie's not here anymore. And it's like, Adam Lambert? Adam Lambert? I didn't order this. Is he in relation to Kane Lambert? <laughs> Who's your favourite team or sports person outside of football? So this is an individual. Um. It hasn't been mentioned yet. It hasn't been mentioned. Okay. So is it a different sport or is it basketball still? Dif- different sport. Okay. Different sport. Now, what other sport would he be into? Is it an Australian sport, international sport? It's, uh, well, it's not an, no, it's an international sport. We represent ourselves quite well in this, particularly in the female division. Oh, okay. So, um, uh, so soccer, it's a football, the world game. No. Oh, no, okay. No, Cricket? It can be, uh, no. It's, Swimming. Uh, not often a team sport. It can be. You can team up, but it's more... Oh, tennis. tennis. Okay, so it's a tennis player of some kind. Roger Federer? Roger Federer. See, you get there. I try. I didn't want to be bloody... Mm. Make it too easy for you. Um, what's the best sporting event he's ever seen? You mentioned it just before. Uh, the best event he's ever seen. Yeah, so it's a sport... He, he just... It's a, a generic sport that he saw in 
if I can tell you where it is, it'll give it away. But think of the, one of the biggest sporting clubs in the world. Uh, okay, so he saw the Chicago Bulls play. He saw mm, no, um, code. Oh no, he saw like Manchester United European. or Liverpool or Manchester, like uh, saying yep. saying Manchester United. Yep. If he won ten million, what would you buy first? Oh, he'd buy kind of answer, a house like, for his parents or something. Oh, house for his mum. Yeah. Yep. Did you write this? <laughs> <laughs> what is something that people would be surprised to learn about you? I don't think this is a surprise at all, particularly when you see the way he goes after the ball. That he's quick. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, what do you? What he does loves a coach footy. sometime tell you to do to the, your opponents, especially if you're a midfielder, or you can do it to the ball? Punch their fucking that. lights out. Fucking smash them <laughs> in the first quarter. Fucking That's punch me. their lights out. What would people be surprised to learn about you? I punch. I'll punch your lights out. If you're oh, I would love. <laughs> I would fucking punch your lights out as soon as fucking look at you. He loves hunting. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Does that All surprise right. you? That doesn't surprise me. No, he loves you're not... fishing and sightseeing and right. No, there. you're right. Outdoorsy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what was his best subject at school? Mm. This is a long uh, pocket profile. PE, physical <laughs> education, something like that. No, academic one. Uh, okay, so I'm going to say one of the one of the the, the pillars of of high school okay. education. Okay, maths, maths. Um, what was your first car? Ooh, I mean, I'll just say it's a Nissan. You give me the model, and no, I don't know. I don't know any car models, so this is not a good area for me. Okay. I'll tell you, it's a Pulsar. You tell me what brand of Pulsar. <laughs> is it a Nissan Pulsar? <laughs> That's it. Usual coffee order. Oh, might explain his uh, his des- his dinner party choices. What's his favourite usual coffee order? It's maybe not a coffee, Will. Oh, okay. So he's think about pa- who he had round to dinner. Okay, so he had Queen and he had Michael Jordan and he had Miley Cyrus. So, so with one of those one of those people, what's a breakfast drink you might have? A Milo. <laughs> with. <laughs> Oh, shit. Yeah, that, yeah, maybe that's a misleading clue. No, Milo he, Cyrus. That's the clue, right? <laughs> he likes English breakfast tea. Uh, drink it with a coin. Um, the dream place he would he would love to, he'd like to live. Now, I'm not sure if this is just a gen- general answer or if he's speaking specifically about... Anyway, I don't even know how to give you a clue for this. Dream place you would like to live. He says anywhere in Narnia, <laughs> in Grinchland. <laughs> no, he says anywhere in the country. Oh, I see. As in, he wants to live in the country. Okay, that makes sense. Um, life after football. What are your plans? Going to the country, hunting some shit, killing some shit, being outdoors, spending time with my mum. That's what I'm going to fucking do. Do some maths. Sit around. Do some maths. No, nah, that's a real Ben Cunnington type answer. I don't think, I don't think it's, I don't think it's that. I think it's more. Again, it's it's more of that heartwarming. Well, I like where you're like, oh, what is? Oh, um, uh, give back to my community. Close. It's more aligned with what he'd do if he had ten million bucks. Take my take from my community. Take. <laughs> <laughs> Ruthlessly exploit my community. Um, no, spend more time with his mum. Start a family. Start a family. Okay. Oh, that's a good fucking Get profile. rid of his old family. <laughs> Start a new family. 
Did that feel longer than, than usual? It felt like a lot of answers. That was that. a lot. We didn't, yeah. we didn't, we didn't even favorite... find out his favorite food or his favorite movie or any of those things. Or his favorite carb. That's my favorite one. He's like, Adi, what's your favorite carb? Um, I also will, uh, I'm nervous that Matt Rowell is going to disappear off our radar. So I'm trying to think up a segment we can do each week where we check in with Matt Rowell, like maybe on his social media or whatever, but I can't. Rock and Rowl is the, the best pun I've come up, but that doesn't really, I know you're good with puns. Can you think up a Rowl pun that has to do with like breaking news or Rowl updates? Well, no harm, no maybe Rowl is too hard. Maybe that's the problem. You've been looking at the wrong part of his name. Like maybe we should just call it something like, where's Matt at? <laughs> okay. Where's Matt at? Uh, this is an older article. This is we talked about his fifty-two footies, but we never actually got into the article. So I found it, and I thought we could have a bit of a, okay, great. a deep dive into Matt Rowe to find out why he has so many footballs. To find um, out where Matt's at. Ah, oh, great. There we go. Uh, so uh, this is by Matt Barmer for Fox Sports. Gold Coast young gun Matt Rowe has been named the newest ambassador for footy brand Sharon, oh. and it's not too hard to work out why. Given the large collection of balls Raoul has in his possession. <laughs> I mean, how much sub-editing was done on that line, do you reckon? We just need to make sure that we this comes across correct, right? Like, they're probably just like, hey, mate, just to be honest, to be an ambassador for Sharon, all you've got to do is be good at playing footy. No, 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 no mate. I've got 52 Sharons at home. I love this company. The 19-year-old claims... To have 52 footballs mm. in his collection. I mean, they say claims, but the accompanying photo looks like there's 52 footballs yeah. in the collection. <laughs> and do you think Matt Rowe would ever lie? He doesn't strike me like that. He's more like Captain America, right? Wouldn't lie about the amount of footballs he has. He'd just go and get more footballs. Like, he's not a man who, like, has to exaggerate the amount of footballs he has in his collection. Why would you? Like, he already has more footballs in his collection than anybody else. There is no need for him to then over-exaggerate that there are more footballs there. And it'd be a weird thing to lie about as well. That's his one thing that he absolutely lies about. There's only three <laughs> footies in there. He's like, I've got 52. They're like, Matt, there's three. Lockie Neal comes in, holds up three fingers. There's definitely three, mate. Uh, he says he grew up to love Sharon's and I just always wanted a ball in my hands, he said. He would have been one of those kids too, wouldn't he? When are you walking home from school, always just like bouncing the ball in front of him? Yeah. Did you ever, were you ever that kid who I always carried footy everywhere? I was absolutely that kid. Like I loved carrying the footy around. I loved bouncing the footy. Like, you know, just even in the office, like – when I was at Triple M at the radio station, there'd always be a footy, obviously, because I have a big footy connection. There's, there'd always be a footy on someone's desk and you'd always end up like handballing it around the office, like just kicking it to somebody. Like I can't resist if there's a football there, like suddenly just like handballing the football to people. What's your go-to footy game when you just find a footy? Mine is um, hallway goal kicking where you stand in the hallway and you try and dribble it through the goals. I call mine the um, – it's, it's less a game, but it is kind of I play it as a game. I call it the Princess Bride, which is try to convince the people I'm with that I am not right-handed. Like, so oh, really? just like commit to the idea that I am a left-hander and a left-footer for as long as I can until they comment on it. Does it ever – does that ever like – do you fool people ever? My right foot – because I'm left-footed. My right foot would be so bad. Uh, well, because you're mostly doing it over short distances. So right. from a short distance, oh no, I could I could fake like 80, 85% that I'm like a left-footed, left-handed if you're just kicking a footy around an office. You get me out of the office, 
I'm right, immediately exposed. exposed as the world's worst left footer. But around an office, that's my range. Matt continues, my parents, they find the collection funny. I've given them a few grey hairs kicking the footy around the house and breaking a few things. I remember Howie and I, Mark Howard from the Howie Games, uh, were Great playing, uh, we used to play um, a, a game when we were teenagers in the corridor at my house where we'd like shut the doors at either end. So they're the goals. So you're basically just belting the footy at each other to see if you can like get it behind the person. And we're just playing with one of those mini footies and there's like a, like a lamp up the top that like how he just slams the footy into <laughs> and you just see this chandelier sort of like crash down and just explode everywhere. And it's still one of my funniest memories because my dad who has a dry sense of humour that rarely gets rolled out, has deadpanned to Howie that it, like he has to walk home to his house, which was 30 kilometres away, <laughs> and like convinced him deadpan because my dad's not a joker. So like Howie just wow. bought into it and Howie was like, out our house, like down the fucking road until my dad was just like, no, you do not have to walk 30 kilometres home. It must be so upsetting, Will, that in your your entire comedy career, I don't think you'll ever craft a joke as good as your dad just improvised on the spot that day. That is fucking awesome. Well, the other thing is it worked so well because he'd been playing the long game. Right, like he had right. been putting in years of never doing those style of jokes. There'd be some sort of dads that if they said, yeah, you've got to walk home, you'd be like, yeah, yeah, good one, Mr. Clawson. No way I've got to actually fucking walk home. You're always you know, pulling these sort of pranks. You're one of the boys. But my dad had put in 20 years of being straight up and down super fucking boring for this one moment where he was like i am gonna fool someone and i'm gonna fool them good uh matt continues it's a big honor to be announced as the new sharon ambassador i think it's a good match as i've got a few sharons and you can't beat a sharon do you reckon, do you reckon he had a competition me- how many times he can say the word sharon in that sentence it's the most media managed sentence I've ever read. And I and I imagine he approaches his his interview prep much like his mm. training, very fastidious. And so I reckon they would have given him his notes like he needed to insurance. And he probably lay mm. in bed with the with a pin to the ceiling, just looking up at it, just memorizing it before he got the phone call from the journal. Well, he speaks like he plays football. He's a ball magnet. He just cannot <laughs> the Sharon just finds him, even in sentences. Yeah. I imagine they gave him a little badge of a football that he wears around the club and he just goes up to the other players and he's like, guys, there's a new Sharon in town. <laughs> It's really special to have this connection and now looking forward uh, and, and I'm now looking forward to working with the team. And then there is the photo of him surrounded by balls. Raoul's collection includes his draft night ball, his first ever Sharon and a ball from his junior club, uh, junior, junior club, the Canterbury Cobras. It's good to have stories around some balls as every time I look back on it, I think about it, he added. He's fucking 19 years old. He's getting wistful talking about his footballs well. About the balls of his life. Like you can tell the story of his life through the balls that surround him. Like he, the more, the further down the line, the more tattered they get, the further the line you go down the line. It's like a Dorian Gray situation. I mean, he literally started in balls and the story of his life has been spelled out through balls. I don't have any favourites. It's, uh, oh, no, it's, like it's like having kids. <laughs> yeah. You can't really say one's your favourite. It's, it's not they the all... same. They're just footballs. You can definitely say which one's your favourite. The one you have the most favourite memory. It's not like the other footies are going to get jealous. 
I like to think like Castaway style. He's just drawing faces on all of them. Mm. He's named them all. <laughs> he says goodnight to each one of them before he goes night, to Greg. sleep. Night, Greg. Night, Kevin. Philip. Night, Stuart. Night, Bozza. Night, Craig. Night, Arnold. Night, Mark. Night, Peter. Night, James. <laughs> Matthew. Matthew too. Matt Rao, Matt Rao knows the names of all his balls in a way that Nat Fife will never know the names of all his teammates. <laughs> they all mean a lot to me, and each one has a different story. Yeah, mm. but I imagine some of those stories are like significant, like your first junior footy, and another one was one you just stole from training. <laughs> like, you know what? I imagine that Matt Rao probably has had 52 significant moments in his football career. Like, if it was anyone else... You might say, I'm not sure that there are 52 good stories on the way to you getting to where you are now. But I reckon there's been like six or seven balls in the last year and a half that you could easily slot into that collection. This next comment is very revealing. Mm. Uh, However, collecting footballs wasn't Raoul's only love growing up. Mm. I did have a few collections before my share-ins. I used to collect stamps, different countries' money, feathers, types of rocks, crystals, bottle tops, and caps, he explained. <laughs> I'm what they call obsessive compulsive. 100%. And a massive nerd. And like I, a hoarder. I am a hoarder nerd. <laughs> I think I have not put my finger on what I find so appealing mm. about him. But he's like the Luke McGregor of the AFL. Like he's just a, he's this lovable geek. Like you just mm. want him to do well. Yeah, he, he likes to play football to collect possessions. Not for the football, but for the collection. Like, that's for him. He's a real completist. He wants to get as many possessions as he can. I could see him like the guy in the footy chip who, like, when everyone's drinking beers, he's drinking milk. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, that kind of guy. Or everybody else is drinking beers and he's just like, hey, boys, can you chuck us those bottle tops? I'm starting the collection. (laughs) (laughs) The young son took the game by the storm in his debut season with 19, 26, and 20 disposals to start his AFL career, which included six goals before this year. It was cut short by a shoulder injury suffered uh, to Geelong in round five. Uh, Will, let's get to some correspondence. We've had uh, some people contact us on uh, on Twitter. We are on Twitter at at Two Guys One Cup AFL, and we're also on Instagram at Two Guys One Cup AFL. And uh, if you go to that Instagram page now, you'll see we've done our tips for this round. Do you want to tell people about that, Will? Yeah, so basically we're doing a little Instagram live. We do it um, now before the rounds commence, so our tips will be up there, regardless of when you get to hear this podcast, because it always doesn't always come out before the round (laughs) commences. But our tips are up on Instagram live, and what happens is we do them live and you can contribute you can send us messages while we're recording it but also it just gets pinned to that instagram page so you can go and watch it at any time so join up to the two guys one cup um afl page on instagram and we'll probably post some more content there as we go lots of people send us photos and memes and stuff that relate to the show so i think that will probably be the new home of all that stuff and we might do a few more if people are enjoying the instagram live things you know we might be able to you know, like when when it's the two guys, one cup, cup or, you know, something like that, we might be able to do some Instagram live things around those idea. sort of events. And you should also go to tofop.com to check out our other our great podcast, Philosophy, Tofop. Um, I have another podcast in the same vein as this, Will, called uh, Two Guys, One Cup, My Club. And this week, my guest is Josh McConville, a unicorn, Will, a Gold Coast supporter in the wild. It took me a long, long time to track one down and to tee it up. Um, but he's great. He's not an AFL guy. He grew up following the Broncos in the NRL and decided that if he's going to follow a team, it's got to be the Gold Coast. Um, but it's a fascinating chat just to talk to someone who is just getting to understand the game, but is sort of starting at such a disadvantage. And 
what keeps him coming back to the, the Suns each week? Well, he gets to grow as they grow. You should get him to watch uh, Making Their Mark. I think you'll be intoxicated by Stewie Jew. Well, this is no spoilers, but I do spend half the interview talking about how much I love Stewie Jew. Right. Thank you very much. Okay, well, there, yeah, there you go. So, I mean, the guy rode up a mountain for his players. He is literally a mountain Jew. Uh, Alex writes in, a uh, which coach has the best hairstyle, Bevo, Chris Scott, or Chris Fagan? I think this is sort of referring to the insults that getting slung. Uh, I mean, I he, think... Um, yeah, okay. So, well, firstly, Chris Fagan you can rule out. Chris Fagan's just got a sensible haircut and he's too old for this nonsense. This is what I loved about Chris Fagan was how he's handled all this, which is just like, yeah, some shit went down, but I'm not going to talk about it. Yeah, that's, I've loved Chris Fagan's approach to this entire thing, but also I've absolutely loved Chris Scott's. I love, I think the hair's got something to do with it. I feel like the hair is a manifestation of the state of mind that Chris Scott is in at the moment and I'm all for it. Yeah, he's going rogue. Like this is kind of like Tom Cruise starts yeah. off the first Mission Impossible short back in size, but then his like hairstyle gets all long in Mission Impossible too because he's going rogue. Yeah, Chris Scott's doing his own stunts. If someone needs to be punched in the head in the car park, Chris Scott is the man to do it. Uh, Paddy says, does Alan Richardson hold the key to always defeating St Kilda? Did he find the result pleasing? Uh, yeah, God, that was disappointing last week. But I reckon the Demons are a pretty good outfit. We've got a lot of injuries. And I think that game uh, against the GWS, not to make any excuses, Will, but the excuse is that we were tired from our game against GWS. <laughs> not to make any more excuses other than the three I just made. But I think, yeah, I think Melbourne are good. Uh, Brent wants to know, is this the week that the Frio Dockers audition uh, to entice Patrick Cripps to Frio next year? Because they're playing each other. A lot of discussion around Patrick Cripps. I feel bad for the guy the way he's getting written off, but the idea of him being transformed into a key position forward, it's like, yeah, that's interesting. I think Patrick Cripps is a good enough player that he'll find his find his way. He'll, it, 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 you know, it's not all working for him perfectly at the moment, but I just feel like they'll find a way. He'll find a way to adjust to this new game. He'll be right. Is Errol Golden the best player to have ever played the game? That's from Brody. One of the best names. I mean, an early yeah. contender for one of the best names, Errol Golden. I mean, it's just there's so much you can do with it. Like, it's one yeah. of those things that... Headline writers are just rubbing their hands together. I mean, already people are seeing like, Errol, you know, at the yeah. games when he gets the ball. Like, yeah, that is amazing. And then the fact that his last name is Golden. I mean, yeah, you've golden got ticket. a golden opportunity, like, yeah. all these sort of things. He'd be good in wet weather, golden showers. Like, golden it'll be... <laughs> Uh, Annie wants to know who's your favourite regular guest on AFL 360. Um, that's a good question. I like Rui a lot at the moment when he was filling in for Robbo with his sharp haircut. He's, uh, I think, the St Kilda's St Kilda of the 2000s. Their greatest contribution to the AFL was all the great media performers we're producing, like Nick Del Santo, uh, um, uh, Rui, even Lee Montagna is doing a really good job. Joey's doing a great job. He's doing a, they're doing a little midweek rub now that he hosts, and he's fantastic. I think he's a really good broadcaster, Joey. And Nick, I've, we've spoken about this, but the warming of Nick Rewell is one of those things that I did not see coming. I heard him on the radio the other day, and they were just going through how close – I mean, it would have broken your fucking heart, this conversation. They're literally going through each season and how close they came, how if the ball had just bounced another way, like he could have walked away from the game with one of the greatest careers of all time. And hearing him talk about it and just at the end he, he just said, you know what, sometimes in life you don't get what you want but you get what you need. 
And I was like, maybe the fact that you have become this like quite well-rounded person is actually because of, I think he might have been a bit Tom Brady if he'd had that continued level of success. Yeah, he'd be living in this stratosphere of, you know, he'd probably still be playing now. He'd be eating some like, you know, I only breathe air on Wednesdays and I only eat fruit that's <laughs> fallen Tom from... Tom Brady-esque, yeah. Yeah, and that's what... If that had success, that's who he would be, I think. But instead, because he went so close to success so many times, it's actually made him into a much more interesting person. Uh, Helen wants to know, do you think Chris Fagan has a dark side? As a Lions fan, I'll back him all the way, but I'd love to think he has a dark side that only the other coaches know about, i.e. Chris Scott. That would be a wonderful twist if it turns out that there's something else going on that Chris Scott was trying to point out or reacting to it would be great isn't you know, it that it's like because we know this from yeah the entertainment industry some of the times the people who present themselves as being the nicest of all people are actually the worst of all people in real life imagine if chris fagan's been pulling a kaiser soze on us this entire fucking time and it turns out he's just this like evil manipulative and like chris scott is some sort of julian assange style whistleblower who's been yeah. demonized because he finally had the guts to call him out uh, James Maddock has come up with a nickname for Noah Anderson. Let's see if you can get to the same nickname by following his uh, six-step process. Okay. Um, Noah, Noah's Ark. Is Noah's Ark the, ne- the, the first step? Yeah, correct. Okay. Yeah. Ark. Uh, Ark. Think about it in relation to AFL. Um, what is the Ark? The 50-meter Ark? No. Um, More to do with like... Uh, technology oh and so the yeah okay the review center the arc review the center review correct review Where do you go from review? um all male review uh no, thunder no. from down under <laughs> a film review <laughs> okay film review um, at the movies at the movies margaret and david uh Marks. <laughs> Marks. his nickname is marks uh this is from Opiators? Matt, sorry, Matt. Uh, always more five talk. Also, Sam Reed, should we bring back the death penalty? Look, I think that was I think that was more accidental than the hit um, against Dangerfield. But yeah, like it's it's a it, I don't like having no Matt Rowell and no Nat Fife uh, out on the weekend. It just gives us less to talk about. Where Matt and Nat at? <laughs> Where's Nat and Matt at? Where's Nat and Matt? Fancy that. Uh, Mork from Ork wants to know, do you think Sam Mitchell is leaving booby traps around Hawks AQ in a desperate attempt to usurp the coach? Not yet. You don't want it yet. Well, I think no. it's one of those things where you, you know, Clark, you want Clarko to, you know, rebuild it enough before you step in and take over. You don't want to be, I, I, I think, you know, no, not booby traps. I think Clarko will hand it over as well. I think this is part of Clarko's <laughs> if he knows plan. What's, if he knows what's good for him, he will. <laughs> That's what, that's what that's what Sam Mitchell's saying. He'll, he'll, he'll be in a press conference holding over. up a newspaper going, I am doing this of my own free will. I want to leave the club. It is not because Sam Mitchell has my family. <laughs> All right, that's it for this week. Uh, as Will said, our tips are up on Instagram. So go check them out if you want some terrible, terrible uh, advice for your bets this weekend. Um, we will be back next week. Uh, so for now, how do I sign up again? Oh, play on, not 15. Ball. I think I might have concussion. <laughs> we are two guys, one car.